Hey, hey friend, it's MJ Gordon, welcome. First, before we get started, yes, I did lose my voice, but I was so excited about today's video, I just had to sit down and film it anyways. Also, if you can hit the thumbs up button and leave a comment because comments are back and they were gone for almost a year, it helps me get feedback on what videos you like. It helps increase the engagement on the YouTube algorithm, which allows me to continue to make these videos. So if you take the moment to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. So I'm a big proponent of the law of attraction, which basically states you get what you think about. And I'm not just talking about the woo-woo idea of like you think about something and boom, it magically appears. No, I'm talking about the practical aspect of the law of attraction. Like you have a negative attitude, that negative attitude projects, and then people and circumstances begin to interact with that, which then kind of snowballs the effect. But there's also a lot of science to show the neurological aspect of this, which led me to think, can simply thinking about certain things either positively influence or negatively influence our physical well-being? Now you guys know I'm obsessed with living life on my terms, having more time, energy, money, freedom to just live what I consider to be an everyday vacation. And so when I started thinking this, I, you know, I think, hey, I believe this, but I really wanted to know why, if so, and how. And so the first question that I had to ask myself is, what are thoughts to begin with? I mean, isn't a thought just like ideas in my head or things that I think about, dreams maybe? And that was really interesting for me to consider that I've never even questioned what is an actual thought. So MIT Engineering states that a thought is basically electrochemical reactions happening in the brain. Electrochemical reactions. It kind of led me to this philosophical thought of, well, what makes us choose our thoughts if they're just a bunch of chemical reactions, like what transpires first? But that's like a totally different rabbit hole that we're not gonna go down today. But simply put, there is an energy or a stimulus that we receive through our senses, what we see, smell, taste, touch, etc., that triggers a chemical reaction in your brain. And what happens is billions of neurotransmitters begin to send the signal out through your brain so your brain can communicate and that then forms a thought. But that doesn't explain if thought can affect our body and whether or not it can affect our health and well-being. So I had to take it to the next step, which is figuring out how the heck do brain chemicals actually work. Well, in our body, we have chemicals and these chemicals are messengers, whether they're in your brain or in your bloodstream, it's just a difference between titles. So you have the neurotransmitters, which are in your brain, and you have the hormones, which run through your bloodstream, so Wikipedia says. And some of these chemicals, like serotonin, for example, can be present in both the brain and the bloodstream, which makes them sometimes neurotransmitters and sometimes hormones. Anyways, these are the two main types of chemical messengers in our body. There are a couple others like neuropeptides, which are proteins that act like a neurotransmitter or a hormone, and they're also pheromones. But for the sake of this subject, we're gonna be focusing on the neurotransmitters and the hormones. So these chemical messengers, according to how stuff works, allow different parts of our body to communicate with one another. 
And some of the chemical messengers in our brain, aka neurotransmitters, are things that you've probably heard, like dopamine, serotonin, noepinephrine, um, things that we hear of as happy hormones, which plays a major role in our emotions. Healthline states that depression or symptoms of depression are often linked to low dopamine levels, which then leads me to the question, do our thoughts affect the chemicals in our brain? According to HuffPost, they say, yes, our expectations can actually change the chemicals and the circuitry in our brain. For example, people who practice gratitude get a surge of dopamine. Wait a tick, a surge of dopamine, which is technically a happy hormone, which low dopamine leads to feelings of depression or symptoms of depression. So maybe practicing gratitude could then help with depression? Okay, okay, but back to the main question, which do our thoughts affect our body? Yes, they affect our emotions. Yes, they affect our brain chemistry or the messengers that move about in our brain. But can this translate to our body, hence affecting our overall health? Harvard Health says there's a strong link between mental and physical well-being as well as mental and physical dis-ease. So I wanted to shift this and focus on stress for a minute because we've heard it over and over again that stress is not good for us, it's bad for our body, and it's linked to so many ailments, illnesses, and diseases. So I browsed through WebMD for a little bit to just figure out what stress was to begin with, which they simply defined as the body's reaction to a potentially harmful stimulus or situation, real or perceived. And that was the key line for me, real or perceived, which means that the situation or scenario might not necessarily be harmful, but all you have to do is simply perceive it as harmful and it becomes stressful, stimulating your body into a reaction. So the question is, how is our body reacting to these stresses? If our thought says, there's a bear and that is a danger and that could be potentially harmful for me, now I get stressed out. Psychology today explains that the hypothalamus, which is a gland located where your skull meets your spine, acts as a command post for stress. So basically it receives a message that there is danger and that stress is about to occur and its job is to let everybody know or to organize the stress response within the body. There are two glands it mainly communicates with, which is your pituitary gland and your adrenal glands. These three glands make up your HPA, otherwise known as a hypothalamic pituitary axis. Hypothalamic pituitary axis. Hypothalamic pituitary axis, however you pronounce it. So the basic job of the HPA is to basically regulate everything in your body. I mean, we're talking about your blood pressure, your heart rate, your sleep cycles, your body temperature, whether you're hungry, whether you're thirsty, your reproductive system, and so much more. So can we say that HPA is a huge system in your body? Yeah, it's a huge system and it's a big freaking deal. So the adrenal glands, which they call the daddy of stress hormones, its basic job 
is to acknowledge the communication that's going on between the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland and say, whoa, it's time to produce and create all these stress hormones and release them because the body needs to respond. Because the HPA is so responsible and interconnected with so much of our body, it has direct impact on so much from our immune system to our cardiovascular system to our behavioral system and so much more. I mean, I would basically be plagiarizing if I just read this whole article to you. So I'm gonna stick the article link below so you could read it yourself. It is absolutely mind blowing. But basically what happens is when our body creates so much stress, it has a chronic response to stress or continuing stress that it starts to overproduce in its stress response leading to so many things like throwing off our neurotransmitters and now our brain is not functioning as smoothly as it should. It damages the blood cells, it reduces our ability to fight disease and it reduces our immunity, it causes inflammation which is a huge, huge factor when it comes to so many ailments within our body and it can also impede our natural ability to feel pain and there's so much more that goes into this like i said you just got to read the article because it was just so fascinating and i know it only briefs over just a few things that are just evident and obvious and this is just based on the fact that when you're hyper stressed you produce so much of that response that there's almost too much in the body and it starts causing damage instead of helping you. We're meant to be able to be stressed out, even high levels of stress for short periods of time. That's what allowed us to survive before our life got here. But the truth is if we stay in chronic states of stress, which we often are because our lifestyle doesn't support the way that we used to live and now it's just looking for an outlet but our current lifestyle isn't balanced with what our brain and our body was meant to function in, we find ourselves with a lot of conflict and a lot of disease, a lot of ailments and negative emotions, things that you might be feeling like confusion, overwhelm, exhaustion, stress, the inability to be motivated, the inability to truly live your life completely and totally fulfilled. And so I've become really interested in this topic, having been a go-getter myself and having uh, a chronic adrenal fatigue myself and now talking to so many of you and as a personal fitness and health coach for over the last decade to watch this chronic fatigue affect not only people in their 50s and 60s but now moving down towards people in their 20s and 30s this is a huge issue that I see and so thoughts not only bring about what you think about not only become things but they affect your body and health, which hence affects your ability to live as exponentially as you can. It affects your ability to go out there and pursue the very things you wanna create and pursue in your life. We know this is a potential issue or maybe a rooted issue for all of us. I can say for myself, I had a lot of thoughts that I thought were good. I had thoughts where I said, you gotta do this, you gotta work out, push harder, be better, be faster, be stronger, be smarter, do more, have more. And those thoughts weren't necessarily negative thoughts, but they promoted this constant state of stress. And even though I had a very good physical reason for 
having chronic adrenal fatigue, there was a very good reason for not coming out of it sooner and having to deal with it for the last 10 years that I had it. And that was because of this mental perspective that I had, that everything I was doing was not enough, that I had to push harder and that I had to do more and be better. I do believe in pushing harder, doing more and being better under the right circumstance. But I always relate this back to fitness, A, because it's my background, but B, because it's something we can all really relate to. If you are working out and you push yourself harder and tell yourself, do more, be more, be better, but that's all you're doing constantly, and you're not taking any time to rest or eat or do the things that support your ability to push, then you get burnt out. Or let's say you get sick. Would you be going to the gym if you get sick? No, you would be staying home and resting. So what's happening now is so many of us are in these chronic states of stress, which then translate into chronic states of dis-ease and exhaustion. And what we have to do is we have to pull out of the gym, we have to pull out of the game, stop, rest, change the way we think about things, change what we expect out of ourselves and let ourselves know that it is okay to take some time to relax. And also that it is not only okay but necessary to take a break from this space here from the media, from overstimulating our brain. I love the fact that every single one of us are so interested in learning more, knowing more, being more, and doing more. I think that our world as a whole needs that so we can solve the ever prevailing problems that are constantly on our to-do list. Not just for ourselves, but for our society, our economy, our globe. But in order for us to be able to do that, we have to be able to give ourselves what we intend to give the world. And if we don't give it to ourselves first, we don't have it to share with others. So it's so important to take care of you. And if you're doing all the right things, and, and I'm talking to you because I talk to so many of you, you have an amazing diet, you push yourself to go work out, you push yourself to be better, you're doing all the right things, but you're missing the key one which is to take care of you and what you tell yourself, which is to take care of your thoughts and the relationship that you have with how you think about who you are and what it is you're supposed to be doing. And so my message for you today is to begin to be conscious of your thoughts. Practice gratitude, but practice things that make you feel good and allow yourself to be okay with that. Allow yourself to be okay with space where there's no reason for what you're doing other than you simply enjoy it. Allow yourself time to do something for you, whether it is take a nap or just have some time away from catering to your to-do list or the things that everybody else relies and depends on you for. Allow yourself that time and space because if you do, you're not only going to build immense amounts of energy and space to be able to accomplish and do the things that you want to do, but also to have the happiness and the fulfillment and the space and time to do everything else that you want along with it. Trust me, I was there. I was in a place where I thought, I'm never going to have time to do this. I'm not cut out for this. I don't know how everybody has all this energy and all this motivation. And I went from this place where I felt like I was dragging myself out of bed in the morning and dragging myself to bed in the evening to a place where I'm like, what am I gonna do with all this energy? How am I gonna do more? How can I create more? And to find the formula to doing that started with the thoughts. So 
I love this topic. If you have any more things to add to it, stick in the comments below. If you have any questions or any thoughts to it, stick it below. If you have experiences of how your thoughts have affected your mind, your body, and your circumstance, let us know, share those things so that we as a community can start to talk and learn from one another. That is the whole point of building this community. It's not just me sharing my journey and the things that I'm trying to learn and discover, but also sharing with one another. So I thank you so much for contributing to that and for hitting the thumbs up and also subscribe if you want more information on how to live life on your terms, how to create your everyday vacation and get more time, money, and energy so that you can have more freedom in your life. I thank you so much for being here. I love this stuff. I love it so much. So I'm so appreciative to connect with humans like you. I will see you guys in the next session. Ciao for now.